the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, well, good afternoon. Happy to be along for the Thursday edition of The Ride Home. A little chilly out there right now. And uh, also, the heat is on at the Hall House once yep. again. Also and at I'm, the Emmons House. And I'm thinking about this today earlier. I'm thinking, the heat's on. That feels good. And for a long time, though, I was thinking, I'm saving money because the heat's not on. But now all of a sudden, you know, the sort of the dad thing kicks in, the budget director kicks in, and you think, "Uh uh-oh, the the furnace is back on, there goes the cash. Well, you're the one that won't, like, uh, you don't trust your thermostat. What do you mean? Well, like you shut your furnace off at some point in the year. Yeah. When it's time. Again, I'm just saving money. I'm just saving money. How how is that saving money? I mean, it's not, if it's 80 degrees out, your furnace isn't going to come on if you have your thermostat set. Pilot lights on. (laughs) <laughs> pilot lights on shut her is down what it is? i don't what am i wasting if there were a billion pilot lights across this world that were on what a waste okay right it's 86 i need that pilot light lit shut oh, her off oh, save some mind. cash john okay oh yeah that's a lot of cash you're saving by not running saying. the pilot light just saying. Anyway, a super busy day uh, news-wise. And as we always kick off the show here on The Ride Home, Kath gives us the top four at four. Ready for Thursday, April 15th, 2021. Number one, the Biden administration announced tough new sanctions on Russia today and formally blamed the country's premier intelligence agency for the sophisticated hacking operation that breached American government agencies and the nation's largest companies. No big deal other than that. Right? Here's According to the New York Times, in an executive order, President Biden announced a series of additional steps, sanctions on 32 entities and individuals for disinformation efforts and for carrying out the Russian government's interference in the 2020 election. Ten Russian diplomats, most of them identified as intelligence operatives, were expelled from the Russian embassy in Washington. How about that? Today. Yep. The country also joined with European partners to sanction eight people and entities associated with Russia's occupation in Crimea. Number two. That's dangerous. That's that's some bad actors right there, isn't it? Holy smokes. Speaking of bad actors, the Washington Post reporting that former Minneapolis police officer Derek Chauvin said today he has declined to testify in his own trial for the death of George Floyd, invoking his Fifth Amendment right against self-incrimination. Chauvin's defense team then announced it rested its case. After the testimony portion of the trial concluded, Judge Peter Cahill said the jury would enter deliberations following Monday's closing arguments from both sides. The trial is in recess until Monday at 10 a.m. Eastern. Number three, progressive Democrats introduced legislation today to expand the Supreme Court. Oh, no. Come on. Come on now. Stop it. Come on. 
to 13 justices, setting up a battle that Democratic leaders, including Nance Pelosi, signal that they just want to avoid. According to USA Today, the idea of expanding the highest court has drawn sharp criticism from Senate Republicans and has sort of, kind of, maybe been dismissed by the president. But in spite of that, progressives are still pushing the idea as a way to blunt the impact of former President Trump's three nominations to a court where conservatives, apparent as they call it, now hold a six to three edge. But even before the lawmakers formally unveiled the bill, House Speaker Nance said she had no intention of bringing it to the floor. So on the short list of those new Bernie Sanders and his yeah. mittens and his parking chair and yeah. AOC <laughs> uh, talking about the uh, democracy movement. All right. Heaven help us. Heaven help us. Number four, two lions at the Pittsburgh Zoo have tested positive for COVID. What? Yeah, it's true. The trip, yeah, the trip's reporting that according to the zoo, both female lions were coughing, but were otherwise normal. Cases, like, are they coughing? Uh, Cases of COVID among lions at other zoos prompted vets in Pittsburgh to test all six lions out of an abundance of caution. Dr. Barbara Baker, zoo president and chief executive, said that the risk of infection between zoo animals and guests is very, very low, as no visitors come within close proximity to any of the cats. And, of course, if they do, COVID is not their biggest concern. I don't think so. (laughs) And further, there's been no evidence showing that wild or domestic cats play a significant role in spreading the virus to humans. Anyway, the positive cases among Pittsburgh's lions come as some zoos are moving towards vaccinating their animals. And that, my friends, is your top four at four. So who's going to be impolite and say, excuse me, that lion isn't wearing a mask. I need to social distance. Right. So interestingly enough, the article said that the lions probably got it from some zoo workers. What? Yeah. I mean, I knew this was a thing and it was coming, but it's really weird. So I I wonder, you know, uh, symptoms... What's what's it look like to have a wild animal with COVID? <laughs> the cough. I don't know. That's the so respiratory weird. things. I apparently are one of the main. They also have some gastrointestinal issues, which I declined to include in today's top four. four. Well, God bless you. And this thank is you. radio, so thank you for that. That's yeah. Grace. Now here's the thing: in case people are saying, I cannot believe anybody is taking vaccines that people need and giving them to animals. It's a different vaccine. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's not like they're getting <laughs> Pfizer. The lions get to choose. Do you want J&J, Pfizer, or Moderna? Yeah. Uh, I would like to have a milk bone, please. Okay. (laughs) Hey, uh, we got a big uh, show for you today. Uh, uh, Tim Keller joins us during the 5 o'clock hour. Kathy and Tim Keller. You may know the Kellers from Redeemer Church in Manhattan. Kathy Keller. uh, Or a whole slate of his best-selling, New York Times best-selling books. Uh, Kathy Keller. She is a Yinzer by birth, spent her early formative years here in the city of Pittsburgh, and she will always opine and uh, missing her hometown. So we look forward to that at 515. And we're going to be celebrating Kath's birthday. Oh, that's right. Exactly. Yeah. Uh-huh. And uh, you don't talk about anything, any other news? Well, I mean, there's so many other things, but coming up next, it's Drew Dick with us, one of our favorite guests and favorite tweeters. Anyway, he spent some time in a managed care facility and he asked the question, what really matters in life? We'll talk about that next Thursday edition. Right on. WORD. On the next Adventures in Odyssey, Grady witnesses some of the miracles of the Bible. Healed Marcus from 10 miles away. Yes, Jesus healed my son. Where did all this flower come from? 
I thought you used it all. The Lord has provided. But now he needs a miracle of his own. God, please make my sister wake up and be okay. Please. On the next Adventures in Odyssey. Tonight at 8 on 101.5 Word FM, W-O-R-D. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, and I'm excited to announce my new product, My Slippers. They took me over two years to develop because I didn't want just an ordinary slipper. My Slippers are meant to be worn all day long, no matter what you're doing, whether you're inside or outside. My Slippers come with an exclusive three-tier cushioning system that you won't find in any other slipper. It combines two layers of foam, including my proprietary My Pillow foam and a patented impact gel made from U.S. soybeans. My three-tier cushioning system is going to help relieve pressure points, Provide that micro support you need for all day comfort and help prevent fatigue. Not only that, my slippers are made with high quality leather and a premium indoor outdoor sole that make them extremely durable. I personally guarantee they're going to be the most comfortable slippers you'll ever own. This is John Hall. Visit mypillow.com for deep discounts on all my pillow products, including the new my slippers. Click the radio listener square and enter promo code word or call 800 391 0954. Remember to use promo code word. Robinson Township Christian School celebrates a 40 year legacy of producing college bound, lifelong learners whose lives are marked by wisdom, knowledge, and a compassion for others. At the airport area's only K-12 classical Christian school, students grow to love learning, think deeply, and communicate effectively from a biblical foundation. Robinson Township Christian School, now enrolling preschool through 12th grade at rtcsonline.org. It's getting harder and harder to make sense out of today's headlines. To stay on top of breaking world and national news with a Christian worldview and a faith-based perspective on what it means, turn to ChristianHeadlines.com. Log on to ChristianHeadlines.com for the very latest news and then sign up for our free daily newsletter to stay one step ahead of what's happening. Get out of the mainstream media rut with top news and positive headlines every day with ChristianHeadlines.com. It's easy and profitable to be kind to others when you enter the Kindness Challenge. Each day for 30 days, we'll post a new act of kindness you can do for others. On May 3rd, you could win $12,000 towards a new vehicle for you and another $12,000 for a hometown hero. See terms and conditions for complete details. You can make a difference in others' lives when you enter the Kindness Challenge. Share your kindness with others. Enter today at wordfm.com. Welcome back. When we think about the rapidity of the uh, current news cycle, it's just too much for a person to keep up with, right? Now, for people who are inside the box, maybe your job, like ours, is in media, um, or maybe you're just a news hound or something. But you know, if you're on Twitter, uh, I think that's probably the best social medium, which is going to give you breaking news. I mean, it just seems like you could be on it all the darn day. And you still wouldn't be able to absorb all the latest. You wouldn't be able to get all the new ideas. You certainly wouldn't be able to absorb all the controversies. I know that. Um, And you wouldn't be able to observe all the fights. But at the end of life, what's really going to matter? I mean, how much is the news feed and our immersion in it going to, I don't know, be a long-term anything for us? Well, to talk about that, we have invited Drew Dick back to the program. Drew is a writer and editor at Moody Publishers, author of Generation X Christian, and the latest, Your Future Self Will Thank You, Secrets to Self-Control from the Bible and Brain Science. Drew, welcome back. 
Thank you for having me. I am so grateful to be back with you. Fabulous. It's good to hear your voice, Drew. It's even better to read you. You are one of the uh, pithiest members of the uh, Twitter army. We're always happy to read you. And so you. you... And thank goodness you don't take yourself too seriously. It's a joy, really. Mm, Yeah, it is. So, Drew, we we read something the other day. don't take me too seriously, so I don't have a choice. (laughs) (laughs) We do what we have to do. A little dose of humility for you all. So, Drew, you wrote a piece the other day. Uh, You were just talking about uh, past jobs you had. And you made a really terrific point about what's important. So can you tell our audience that story about in your 20s when you were the assistant to the activity director at a managed care facility? Sure. Yeah, and the reason I was thinking about this was um, for the exact reason you were just saying, and that is we are inundated with news through social media. Uh, Of course, if you watch cable news, the nightly news, and I've been taking in way too much of it, especially during this pandemic. So I was thinking back to this job that I had in my early 20s. And the job was, like you said, I was, um, well, I was going to say I was the activities guy, but I was actually the assistant to the activities director at an assisted living uh, facility, which is a retirement home. And my job was to come up with activities to keep these seniors engaged. And one day I had a brilliant idea, or at least I thought it was brilliant. And it was simply this. I thought, these people, they don't watch the news. They don't really know what's going on in the wider world. I will gather them around me and I'll read the headlines from the newspaper. This was back when people read newspapers uh, to them and then have a discussion about current events. Well, I discovered something unpleasant when I did this. This was like 2003, and I remember reading to them about the invasion of Iraq and <laughs> those kinds of stories. And yeah. I remember one old lady sitting in her wheelchair. She's like, I don't care. Another person's like, I have too much negativity in my life already. <laughs> and then another person said, you're too loud, which I kind of <laughs> took personally because they were all half deaf. Um, anyway, uh, and so I, I eventually scrapped that idea because it just wasn't working. They did not have an interest in the news. And I started a new activity, which I just called True Stories. And I simply invited them to share stories from their life. And I got these really beautiful, sometimes humorous stories. I remember one guy recounting um, a breakfast he had with um, uh, uh, Roosevelt's wife, um, Eleanor Roosevelt. Um, and I remember one uh, lady talking about her youth and her brother who would get drunk, and this was before they had cars, and he would get in his horse-drawn carriage, and the horses, he would pass out, and the horses would just take him home. Uh, I remember one guy whose <laughs> wife had a massive stroke that week. It was really sad because he was talking about how when they were 16, they started dating, and he said, I picked her up when I was 16 years old, and I've been picking her up ever since, and he just broke down crying, and we all had a good cry. Anyway, it was, it was really, I was privy to these really sacred, beautiful moments in these people's lives. And the reason I was thinking about it, like I said, is I've been just saturated with news stories lately. And listen, I think it's important to be informed and to be aware of what's going on in the wider world. But what I realized, thinking back on that time in that assisted living facility, is that even though we like to think about the macro stories, right, the big trends and the news stories, when it comes to the end of your life, what's going to matter, what's going to really grip your heart are the micro stories, the stories that happen to you, the thing, the people that loved you, the people that you love. Um, and I promise you, when it comes to the end of your life, you will not give a rip about the news. So that was a good kind of yeah. gut check for me to remember. 
Okay, well, here's the tragedy of it, Drew, is that so many of us are utilizing so much of our energy by dealing with news, by dealing with social media stuff that we're, 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 we're not even creating the micro stories that could make a difference later in life. Oh, yeah, isn't that true? That's the tragedy yeah. when that starts crowding out the kind of real life interpersonal interactions uh, that, that we have. Um, and, and I think we, we have a limited ability, too, to feel the appropriate outrage and grief that some of these stories demand. And we almost feel guilty for shutting them out. But I think for our own sanity and to carve out the space in our life to create our own stories, we do have to limit the intake. And, and it's hard, though, because it's not just when you're watching the news, like we've been talking about. Every time you open Twitter or Facebook, people are arguing. There's a controversy. You feel like you have to form an opinion, that you have to weigh in. And then the tragedy sometimes is that after you sound off on something, you actually think that you've done something to solve that problem when, in fact, you haven't. <laughs> you've just kind of voiced your opinion, and, and you know, that's okay to do, but um, often it doesn't actually affect the real people that were involved or affected by a story that you saw in the news. So I think, yeah, we need less news and more investment in our, the immediate people in our lives. I mean, I love this because, you know, uh, when you wake up sometimes, at least whenever I do, I wake up at 3 a.m. or 4 a.m., I'm not thinking about, you know, the White House. I'm not thinking about, you know, China or Russia. I'm thinking about my wife and my kids. And I, I think, mm-hmm. you know, your story really illustrates that clearly. The things that are near and dear to you, obviously the most important, the most precious things, the grand sweep of history. Yeah, I mean, it's very interesting. I want to be part of that. I want to, I want to embrace that as well. But uh, the intimacy, those moments, I think, are super key. So I, I, I read that, Drew, and I thought, man, that's a really good reminder for all of us. Because, you know, the other day we saw something that active Twitter users, I think, you know, are maybe like make up 3% of, of right. internet users. Some crazy number. Oh my gosh. You would think it'd be like, you know, millions and millions. Well, yeah, and, we've, and everyone who's on there feels like they're in the 98%. <laughs> right. I know. I, I saw that same statistic and I died a little bit inside because I spent too much time on Twitter. Uh, but it's absolutely <laughs> true. Or whatever your, your preferred social media platform, you, you tend to think that that's reflective of the whole world and how everyone thinks. But when you're getting just a, just a sliver of the world. And I think one of the biggest um, myths we have today is that we have unlimited attention at our disposal, that we can mm-hmm. kind of take in everything. But right. we don't. It's, I mean, we, we realize this when it comes to, say, money. When we make a budget, we realize we don't have limitless money. At least I don't, right? Mm-hmm. But we don't right. think of that when it comes to our attention. You only have so much empathy. You only have so much awareness that you can give. And you really have to be wise in investing that attention in the right things. Yeah. Drew Dick is with us. He's a writer and an editor at Moody Publishers. His latest book is called Your Future Self. Well, thank you. Secrets to Self-Control from the Bible and Brain Science. Okay, so, you know, first of all, you know, we love your book. Um, and it has so many, it's funny, it has, but it has a lot of insights in it too. It's practical. Um, what about this idea that when we approach something like news, um, or we approach something like I don't know, it could be, you know, cable TV or Netflix or whatever it is that we don't have the self-control to institute exactly what you just said, which is I have limited capacity. And so I have to cut myself off. Yeah, no, that's a struggle. (laughs) The struggle is real, especially right now when, yeah, when so many of us are stuck inside, 
um, because of the pandemic, it makes it even more of an issue because those old behaviors that you had that gave you a little bit of entertainment and relief, like going to the gym or to restaurants or hanging out with family are taken away. And, and what you have left is Netflix, social media, movies, you name it. Um, and so it is hard. And, and I've found that what happens if you just rely on your willpower in the moment to resist it, usually tech technology is going to crowd into every area of your life. And so this is something I've mentioned before, but um, I was fascinated by looking at the research um, on what they call a bright lines strategy. And that is where you set some guidelines in your life. And it might be, listen, I'm not going to watch the evening news. This is something that I went through with my wife recently. She said, you know, you watch the news every night at 530. It's kind of disruptive to our family routine because we're trying to have dinner around that time. The kids are in the room sometimes for some fairly disturbing stories. Why don't we cut that out? And I had a little mini fit, and then I realized, you know what? You're right. I, I need to cut that out. I get enough news <laughs> in other ways. I don't need mm -hmm. to watch that every night. Um, or, you know, another example of a bright line strategy might be I'm not going to look at my phone past 8 p.m. Um, or I'm going to start each day looking, you know, reading scripture rather than devouring the news or getting on social media. And the importance of doing that, once you set that bright line, you say, oh, you know, if it's 8.32 and you're tempted to look at your phone, which, of course, you are all the time, almost instinctively, you go, oh, no, just a minute. After 8 o'clock, I don't look at my phone. And so it actually preserves your willpower because you're not fighting the decision every moment that it comes up. Uh, so that's crucial. And if you don't do that, like I said, if you don't create that, those kind of spaces in your life that are tech-free or nearly tech-free, it will crowd into every area. Wait, so Drew, go, go into that a little further. I mean, I, I love the imagery of the bright line. Where does that come from? What is that, what's all that about? Yeah, this is just from um, sociologists that research willpower, um, and they, they happen upon this. I think it comes from diet researchers as well, where they talk about that. So if, you, you know, if ice cream is your vice, which it is mine, <laughs> you might not want to have it in the, the freezer because if it's there, it's going to be calling to you all the time and you're going to give in. Whereas, hey, if you're out with a friend or you're at a restaurant and you want to have some ice cream, go for it. But that will be um, less frequent a temptation and so that you can get some victory in your life. Um, and, and I think it applies to all kinds of areas, all kinds of temptations, um, and certainly with our use of tech. And that's a new one. You know, I mean, like I, I realized like, my parents, when they were my age, they didn't have to deal with this. They didn't have Netflix. They didn't have Twitter. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, um, we, we had a little TV uh, that, that had three channels, right? I mean, it just wasn't the same level of temptation. And so I think we're just starting to wake up as Christians and go, hey, you know what? All these devices, they're not neutral, and they're not inherently bad. I'm, you know, I'm not a Luddite, an anti-technology person. But if we just let them run rampant, they will really destroy our spiritual lives even um, they, they will crowd out our, the attention that we have for the things of God, for other people. And so we have to take it seriously and put some guidelines in place. We're talking to writer Drew Dick, author of Your Future Self Will Thank You, Secrets to Self-Control from the Bible and Brain Science. Drew, I would like to dig a little more deeply into the mini fit that you talked about a few minutes ago, but I'll skip over it just in the interest, <laughs> in the interest of time. Perhaps contact your wife offline for detail. Um, no, I, I do want to ask you, though, something that um, one of my favorite comedians, Sebastian Maniscalco, has brought up several times, and that is the fact that, you know, in new houses or, you know, people who are moving in for the first time, a lot of guys get excited about the basement, you know, the man cave, right? And Sebastian right. says, when he was growing up, his dad had a man cave. It was the whole house, right? 
And one, <laughs> so people shouldn't be real proud of the basement is what he's saying. Right. Anyway, he says that when he was growing up, you know what he watched when he was eight? What his dad was watching. Like no one was concerned about what's a, what little Sebastian wanted to watch at seven thirty. It was what Dad wanted to watch, and that was probably the evening news or Jeopardy or what you know Wheel of Fortune, whatever it was. Anyway, I, I think about that a lot, and I think about the fact that we also aren't listening to the same stories with our family members like we used to. You know, like yeah. my daughter's on Twitter reading a different story, and I'm on Twitter reading a different story, and my husband hates Twitter; he's not on it at all. So, you know what I mean? And so, there's not that commonality that that people in America experienced decades ago. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, I, I, I've seen the joke. I don't know who said it, but. The new definition of family time is when you can get everyone in the house watching the same screen. <laughs> right. <laughs> kind of depressing. Right. Uh, but it's true because we can all kind of go into our little uh, media uh, enclaves and, and my son can watch Dude Perfect videos on YouTube and I can watch the news and my wife can watch rom-com. And, and yeah, and there is, you know, that's convenient. It, it's kind of nice in some ways, but it does have this tendency to kind of fracture fracture um, the family a little bit. Um, and that's, you know, one thing that we do, uh, we call no screen Sundays, where we just go, hey, one day, no screen. Uh, and it's not because we're like legalistic about the Sabbath or something, but we just go, hey, just one day where we can just look each other in the eyes, drop the screens <laughs> and hang out together. And we don't always do it, but when we do, it is awesome. Um, so again, it, it's about doing some pre-planning. And I think sometimes it is good, like maybe not the news because it's pretty disturbing, but when you can get something that the whole family at least semi enjoys, and that is harder when you got different age ranges. Um, but if you can get some things, even if they're not a perfect fit for mom and dad or the kids, so you can kind of have that commonality. Uh, and as far as man caves, I'll tell you what, I feel like I pay the mortgage, but I'm just living in the kid's house because they got front <laughs> of the place and I'm, I'm watching curious George and, and yeah. uh, <laughs> all kinds of stuff I don't want to. <laughs> so, right. Times have changed, my friend. Yeah. Times have changed. Times yes. have changed. Times have changed indeed. <laughs> well, Drew, it's always a pleasure. Thanks so much. We certainly enjoy your wisdom and your humor as we follow you and uh, look forward to more writings and musings as the, the uh, pandemic and time continues. Thanks for being with us. Thank you so much. I really enjoy it. Drew Dick, his latest work is called Your Future Self Will Thank You. Secrets to Self-Control from the Bible and Brain Science. My best friend is blessed with three kids and a big house. All the kids have their own rooms, but recently, life in that big old house has been different. In an effort to solve kid boredom, my friend bought one of those massive blue tarps and created a full room tent in the spare bedroom. They put each of the kids' mattresses under the tent in the shape of a T. And every night, for now five weeks, the kids have slept with their heads feet apart instead of rooms apart. He says they've never been closer. It's Ryan from United Faith Mortgage. And when I see a home, I can't help but see interest rates, escrows, and trying to help listeners pay the least amount possible. But for me, that story was a needed reminder that it doesn't matter whether our homes are big or small. It only matters whether we're willing to enjoy the little things that God gave us today, like a tarp tent. If you happen to be looking for a new place to put up a tarp of your own, we are United Faith Mortgage. We pay your appraisal fees up to $500. United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York. MLS number 1330. Department of Banking. Mortgage Lender License number 22672. Just one mission, one call to reach one more heart with the truth of the gospel. 
For in hope, we have been saved. And through hope, they can be saved too. Help Cornerstone TV pass on the hope of Jesus and reach one more life during our Bridge of Hope broadcast. Alongside Keenan Bridges, Mike Smalley, Real Talk Kim, and Michael Brown. Save the date for Bridge of Hope, April 12th through 16th, 8 p.m. on Cornerstone Television Network. Your business is ready for a reboot, a recharge. The way our companies operate has changed. The changes haven't been easy, but there's help. The marketing team at Salem Surround gives you the tools needed to stand out and be visible to current and potential customers online right now looking for what you do. We can design a plan that targets potential customers with proven marketing strategies. Learn more at surroundpittsburgh.com. Surroundpittsburgh.com. Connecting you with new customers. Welcome back to Customize and Save with Liberty Mutual Insurance Company, the game show where you only pay for what you need. And we're out of time. Only pay for what you need at LibertyMutual.com. Liberty, 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 Liberty. This is Kathy Emmons. John and I are grateful for the encouragement we have from all of our advertisers and especially our friends at Grove City College. Thanks to everyone at Grove City for supporting the ride home. You could win $12,000 towards a new vehicle for you and another $12,000 for a hometown hero when you enter the Kindness Challenge. Go to wordfm.com to enter the Kindness Challenge today. That's wordfm.com. Ask Alexa to play the word Pittsburgh to hear us there. We're on your Google speaker too. Plus iHeart, tune in and on radio.com. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. Tonight we'll see considerable cloudiness with a passing shower. Expect a low tonight of 38. Mostly cloudy skies on tap for tomorrow. Tomorrow's high 51. Mainly cloudy tomorrow night, the low 37. Continued mostly cloudy Saturday. Saturday's high 55. Sunday we'll see times of clouds and sun with a passing shower and a high of 59. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon. playing today so i uh turned on the game and found out i forgot this is true today is jackie robinson day in major league baseball now if you don't know this of course jackie robinson uh known famously for breaking the color barrier in major league baseball in uh, 1947 but uh, on jackie robinson day which has been going on annually since 2004 all major league baseball players instead of wearing their own number wear Jackie Robinson's number on the back of their jersey, number 42, which is cool. And it's a little confusing, quite honestly, because, you know, yeah, you, right. you, you watch the game, you think everybody's got the same number. But, I mean, I, I love it. So uh, today the Pirates were playing the uh, San Diego Padres, and uh, you got to see a little flourish there. Uh, and, you know, um, Branch Rickey, who was uh, famously the general manager who brought Jackie Robinson into the big leagues, he has Pittsburgh roots. Uh, Branch Rickey, R- Rickey was the uh, general manager of the Pirates for a long time, and then he moved uh, to uh, the Brooklyn Dodgers, and just um, a major deal for that to happen. Now, here's the thing. On Jackie Robinson Day, there's always conversation about – retiring Roberto Clemente's number because Jackie Robinson's number, the only number in major league baseball 42 that's retired across the board. And that there's this only sort of celebration for this. Now to have Roberto Clemente's number 21, uh, there's been a long press for that, but uh, 
you know, maybe it'll, it'll happen sometime soon. But today, Jackie Robinson Day in Major League Baseball. Uh, Kath, as far as the Pirates themselves, uh, wish we had better news to report. Listen, yeah? I, I'm really disappointed because believe it or not, you know, this, this, so this is a series split, right? Yep. And I, I, I know you're going to think I'm lying if you haven't watched the games, but they actually outplayed the Padres in the yeah, series. They did, yeah. So until today, we got Mitch Keller has some serious issues that came out really early in today's game and cemented the demise. Anyway, they're playing baseball. And we were talking uh, at the station earlier today about Faith Night, our annual uh, drive down to PNC Park where people of uh, the Christian faith gather. No news yet that it's on the books. But my guess is, I mean, I I would think probably in June, maybe early July, Major League Baseball is going to open up all the way across the board and people are going to, you know, be flocking back to the ballparks, which means I would think, now this is just me speculating, I'm thinking probably later on this year, I would hope maybe like, you know, late August or sometime in September, there will be another faith night. Oh, I sure hope so, John. Yeah. We have such a fun time at that event. I we see so many thousands of people. I mean, it's just, it's a ton of fun anyway. Mm-hmm. So if you have any uh, inside uh, connections with the Pirates, just tell them, hey, what's what's going on with Let's the night? Yeah. Uh, okay, we're going to take a break. Coming up next, what happens when the pastor's wife feels like a fraud? She's got to show up every dang Sunday and look pretty. WORD. Jody Burnt loves to pray for her children, and she's been doing that for the past 30 years. On the next Focus on the Family, Jody will help you pray for your kids, for their salvation, for wisdom, purpose, and their future. She offers encouragement to incorporate scripture as you prepare your children for a life in Christ. Next time on Focus on the Family. Tonight at 830 on 101.5 WORD. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, and I'm excited to announce my new product, My Slippers. They took me over two years to develop because I didn't want just an ordinary slipper. My Slippers are meant to be worn all day long, no matter what you're doing, whether you're inside or outside. My Slippers come with an exclusive three-tier cushioning system that you won't find in any other slipper. It combines two layers of foam, including my proprietary My Pillow foam and a patented impact gel made from U.S. soybeans. My three-tier cushioning system is going to help relieve pressure points, provide that micro support you need for all day comfort and help prevent fatigue. Not only that, my slippers are made with high quality leather and a premium indoor outdoor sole that make them extremely durable. I personally guarantee they're going to be the most comfortable slippers you'll ever own. This is John Hall. Visit MyPillow.com for deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the new MySlippers. Click the radio listener square and enter promo code WORD or call 800-391-0954. Remember to use promo code WORD. Maybe you've heard about MediShare and you know what it is. It's the affordable alternative to health insurance. But you've wondered, can I really save a significant amount of money on my monthly health care bills? And the answer is an emphatic, yes, you can. You can save a lot of money, whether it's just for you or for an entire family, MediShare has an option for you. In fact, the typical family saves $500 a month switching to MediShare. And it really is the gold standard when it comes to healthcare sharing. You get free telehealth services. You get a huge network of doctors. You get great customer support. And you get the sense of security that comes from being a part of 400,000 people who share not just each other's medical bills, but purpose, too. MediShare is a community of Christians who pull together and pray for each other, which is 
very refreshing right now. If you want more info, it's so simple. You can get a price within two minutes. Call 844-45-BIBLE. That's 844-45-BIBLE. 844-45-BIBLE. To serve as a ruling elder is a high and holy office. RPTS now offers five flexible online courses to help you shepherd the Church of God. The Ruling Elders Program features courses on biblical counseling, interpretation, worship, the church, care and administration, plus preaching at elective options that best fit your ministry paradigm. No papers, no exams, just solid biblical teaching from experienced pastor professors. Individual and group rates available. RPTS, study under pastors. Learn more at rpts.edu. job board, you know, where job openings are listed, and you look for a job description for the pastor's wife, what would that sound like? What what adjectives would be used, the skill set that would be desired, if there even indeed was such a a job description that was posted? I mean, God help them, it's, you know, for the most part, of course, an unpaid position, but uh, the skill set, the... Veracity, the courage, I think, to be a pastor's wife is deeply underestimated, I think, by all of us, unless you yourself are a pastor's wife. Well, Megan Hill is with us. She is a pastor's wife, the author of several fine books we've talked about. Her latest is called Partners in the Gospel, 50 Meditations for Pastors and Elders' Wives, here today to talk to us about such things as a pastor's wife. Megan, oh, and a Grover as well. Welcome back. Thanks so much for having me, John. Okay, so you're saying, I'm guessing, you know, from the title of this, that when pastor's wives feel like a fraud, that not every Sunday you are a number one, 100% ready to go spiritual giant. Right. Oh, it's so disappointing, Megan, because I really had you picked that way. (laughs) I know. Somebody needs to just say it. There are days when I, I don't feel like showing up for church. I don't read my Bible. I don't pray. And I should, but I don't. Yeah. And I'm sure that that pressure, Megan, has got to be, I mean, like I said, the only people that can understand that are the people who are going through it. So I, mean, I can comment on it and, you know, pray for you and, you know, wish you blessings. But not having gone through it, I can't imagine the struggle that must be like. Yeah. And I think it's a sort of a, you know, a blessing and a curse, right? I mean, there's a sense in which sort of people's expectations can make you feel like, oh, they think I'm a spiritual giant and I'm not. And that is kind of the curse part. The blessing part, I think, is that it does often push you to to, to grow. You know, well, yeah. they're, they're looking to me for spiritual leadership, so I need to be faithful to try to grow to, so that I can help them. All right. So there's the carrot, right, dangling out in front of you. So you've got to dig down and, you know, try to make it work. Okay. But then Mm. you wrote a piece of the Gospel Coalition called When the Pastor's Wife Feels Like a Fraud. Uh, And I think, you know, most people feel like a fraud at, you know, certain times in their life. You know, some people wear it like a a hair shirt. But that feeling, I mean, that's like self-loathing and something that's going to be hard to shake. 
Yeah, and it's hard because you're constantly in the position as a pastor's wife of encouraging other people to do things that maybe you yourself are struggling to do. So you're encouraging them to practice hospitality, and really you're thinking, oh, man, I really should invite that family, but I really don't want to. you know. Or you're encouraging them to read their Bible and pray, and you're thinking, oh, man, I've skipped several days of my Bible reading plan. So it's kind of always in your face because you're always encouraging others to do something that maybe you're not living up to. Sure. Megan, what about people who do it differently? You know, I have several friends, almost probably 10 friends who are married to pastors. Really? And they all really approach that role differently. I mean, some of them, it becomes their full-time job as well. So when when their husband gets hired at a position, it's kind of like they get a twofer, right? They they get, you know, the wife... Mm-hmm. The wife who's going to work full time there too, even without a title or a salary. Then you have other ones of my friends who are like, "Hey, that's my husband's gig. Like, I have my own life. I got my own job. You know, so I'm going to go do that." And so it's not like they're not members of the church, but they're not. They don't. They don't have any role in the church. Um, so is that hard for you when you go to speak to pastors' wives and realize that there's this, you know, great, you know, chasm, mm-hmm. but not chasm, but there's just a, there's a great like panoply of how people look at it. Yeah, I think that's a great point. And in fact, when I was writing this book um, of meditations for pastors and elders wives, I made sure that I was talking to lots of pastors and elders wives. I sent the draft to lots of different ones. And it was just really a fun experience, actually, because then I would get it back from them and they would say, yeah, but this isn't really where I am. Add something for where I am. And Oh, but this is my experience. Add something here. You know, so I really feel like through the process, I actually gained a greater appreciation for the unique circumstances that all kinds of pastors, pastors and elders' wives have. I bet. Okay, so within your own circle, Megan, I mean, not you know that you have to reveal a whole lot, do, do you have a circle of pastors' wives that you can count on and connect with because you all share, you know, similar experiences? Yeah, I definitely do. So I live in Massachusetts, so um, pastors' wives of gospel preaching churches are kind of few and far between here, but I definitely have, even through the the blessing of the internet and social media have made connections with women who are ministering in different contexts and have been able to reach out to them and um, really sort of support and pray for one another. Hmm. Okay. We're talking to Megan Hill. Megan's brand new book is called Partners in the Gospel, 50 Meditations for Pastors and Elders' Wives. Um, Okay. So Megan, what about, uh, do you feel like people like us, you know, John and I, who are just normal congregants, do you feel like we judge you or we're too hard on you or um, we don't understand you? Yeah, that's kind of a hard question. I think that probably like yes and no. I mean, I think that sometimes people in the congregation do have sort of unrealistic expectations and forget that pastors and pastor's wives are sinners and they're growing and they're learning and just like all the rest of us and we have our own particular quirks and habits. And, you know, so I think sometimes congregations can be unwilling to allow that, or sometimes even they have sort of this ideal in their mind and they're always expecting, maybe it's the last pastor's wife, right? For the pastor's wife to measure up to that. But then I do think it's good for us to to recognize too, that all of us in our lives have some situation that we're in where people have expectations, where people are thinking things about us. And so we can relate to one another in that we've all kind of been there in some sphere. Right. 
But what was that like when you and your husband were seriously dating? And I don't know if he already was a pastor or thinking of becoming a pastor. You had to have conversations, right? He had to say to you, do you think you can do this? Yeah. Well, I'm a pastor's daughter. So that kind of was oh, easier. Okay. Like I kind of got, got I kind of got the, the thing. <laughs> but it. yes, that was, I mean, I know I have friends who were kind of like, I really like this guy. But man, this seems like a really hard gig. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure it would cloud the, you know, the marriage future, wouldn't it? Because some people would jump in head first. Other people are like going, I don't have that in me. That's not my skill set. Yeah. But the church, I mean, the church is worth serving. And that's really what I try to communicate in this book that, you know, Christ died for the church and to call his people to himself and to save his people. And so as we pour ourselves out, it actually is a high calling um, now, not without its hardships, but it's a worthy thing uh, to sacrifice for. Right, right. Yeah. And, you know, you know, we don't want the, our line of questioning doesn't want to minimize that at all. I mean, it is more than worthy. And of course, as you write in your Gospel Coalition piece that, you know, Christ is not surprised by this. He knows the, the path that you're on and Christ loves to restore you. And I think the big thing is, you know, from in my own life, Christ uses the weak, right? He can use us wherever mm-hmm. we are, however we are. And so you show up and thousands and thousands of pastors, wives across the country and, you know, millions probably around the world. He's going to use you come as you are. Even our repentance, right, can be an encouragement to other people like, oh, she sinned, she repented, Christ forgave her. Now that encourages me that when I do the same, Christ will welcome me too. Okay, so as you see all the congregants out there, and I wonder about this, you know, because like our pastor's wife, um, she would never stand up in front of the congregation and speak. It's just that, you know, that's just not who she is. What is it that you would like, if you could say to people, this is what you need to know about me. I mean, this is in some way when you see me, you shouldn't be thinking this. Maybe you would think this instead, and it would help us cement our relationship going forward. Is that such a thing? Is that a possibility? Yeah, I think so. I Sort of my joking answer to what a pastor's wife does is keeps the pastor alive. And I sometimes joke that that's just my job, you know, (laughs) to make sure that he's that he's alive and support him in whatever way he needs to be supported. And so in that way, right, each pastor's wife is going to be unique because her husband is unique. And so if she's there to partly, not that she's not her own person with her own gifts, but I'm just saying in the pastor's wife role, she's there to support and encourage, then that's going to look different for different guys because each one's married to a different guy. Well, it's a terrific conversation, and I know how much energy and attention you've devoted to this, Megan. So we're excited about the new book called Partners in the Gospel, 50 Meditations for Pastors and Elders' Wives. That's Megan Hill. Thanks for being here. Thanks, Megan. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, our pleasure. Yeah, this is interesting. Let this book, if you're a pastor's wife or a pastor, be a balm to you, because it's certainly a life that we do not understand. We'll step away. We've got more ahead. It's The Ride Home with John and Kathy here on Word FM. Mike Lindell.
announce my new product, My Slippers. They took me over two years to develop because I didn't want just an ordinary slipper. My Slippers are meant to be worn all day long, no matter what you're doing, whether you're inside or outside. My Slippers come with an exclusive three-tier cushioning system that you won't find in any other slipper. It combines two layers of foam, including my proprietary My Pillow foam and a patented impact gel made from U.S. soybeans. My three-tier cushioning system is going to help relieve pressure points, provide that micro support you need for all day comfort and help prevent fatigue. Not only that, my slippers are made with high quality leather and a premium indoor outdoor sole that make them extremely durable. I personally guarantee they're going to be the most comfortable slippers you'll ever own. This is John Hall. Visit MyPillow.com for deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the new MySlippers. Click the radio listener square and enter promo code WORD or call 800-391-0954. Remember to use promo code WORD. There are books that I've wanted to write. Fault Lines was a book I felt like I had to write. Critical race theory, social justice, intersectionality. We've all heard these terms, but most of us have no idea what they mean. The Apostle Paul says that we destroy arguments and lofty opinions raised against the knowledge of God. Fault Lines is about doing just that in this current cultural moment. As Christians, we need to know what's going on around us. We have to be a part of culture. Fault Lines is about not only understanding what's going on in the culture around us and how it's impacting us, but it's also about teaching us to take every thought captive so that we can be more proactive in creating culture as God would intend us to. This is Vodi Bakum, and I want to encourage you to buy my new book, Fault Lines, available everywhere books are sold, April 6th. McQueen Building Company. It's about our people, but it's what others say about us that we really want you to hear. It was a pleasure working with McQueen. Everything we agreed on in the contract was done and done to my satisfaction. I'll certainly have them for any future projects and have recommended them to friends. Jeff works hard, is committed to success, and willing to go above and beyond in his zeal for the best outcome. I highly recommend Jeff, his work ethic, and his commitment to excellence. McQueen Building Company. See our work for yourself at McQueenBuildingCompany.com. We're all thinking a lot about school these days. Like, will the kids ever go back? Or why can't they have enough work to last the whole day? Or if it's all online, what are the teachers really doing? Now's a perfect time to consider a Christian education with a school who will be a true educational partner for you and your family. Many are offering half-price tuitions for first-time enrollees. Like Trinity Christian School in Forest Hills. Find a school that's right for you at wordfm.com slash tuitions. anniversary of the 1912 sinking of the RMS Titanic in the North Atlantic Ocean. Now, um, in the past, I would say two decades or so, this really has vaulted to the top of the people's popular imagination. I mean, I remember being a schoolboy and hearing about the Titanic the first time. And I think for all schoolboys, you kind of go, oh, that's kind of weird. I mean, you know, in a macabre kind of way, because the thing is so big and it was so unexpected and so many people lost their lives. And, and the then, fact of course, that it was called unsinkable. Yes. And then the movie came out, right. uh, the Leonardo DiCaprio movie. And then it became some, sort of something else in a way. But the story itself, I, I think, is really still, you know, the movie notwithstanding, which is a whole other sort of 
There's some fictionalized weirdness in there. But it's you all think? movies are. Yeah. It's, <laughs> right? it's a lot. I think there's a lot of fictionalized right? weirdness in there. But the story itself, you know, the largest ocean liner in service at the time, it held more than 2,200 people. And the unsinkable part, of course, the hubris of, you know, yep. modern man floating through the, the pinnacles of the top of science and uh, then getting six warnings. Hey, there are icebergs ahead, icebergs ahead. And finally, when someone, you know, on lookout saw the iceberg and they made it try to make a hard turn, well, then they opened up six of these sort of watertight seals that the Titanic had out of uh, 17. The water came flushing in and in two, less than two and a half hours, more than 1,500 people boarded boats, tried to get off. And of those 2,200 people, 1,500 people passed away. And you can only imagine what it would be like to be alive in that time yeah. frame and to see the newspapers the next day, especially if you were English or you were an American citizen where, you know, it was traveling from England to America. And the shock of that, yeah. right? I mean, technology has been toppled and the, the hubris of that. And I'm sure... You talk about, you know, popular things being preached in the pulpit. My guess was probably in and around that time on Sunday afternoon or Sunday mornings, the sermon of the Titanic was right mm. for a lot of pastors yeah, at the time. Make, you could make you a lot. You could use that as a metaphor for a lot of things. Yeah, you really could. I think that's why, yep. the, you know, the story still has such strong legs because there are so many tendrils about, you know, man's great crowning achievements and man's right. hubris. Right. Which, you know, you can think about the Hindenburg. In the same way, you can think about the atom bomb in the same yeah. way you could think about, you know, the attack on the Twin Towers uh, in 9-11, like things that you never could imagine happening right. that ended up happening. Um, so I was in the port at Long Beach, California, a couple of years. Well, well, I was going to say it was last year, but last year was no, COVID. So it was a year before that. You were in that spare room. Yeah, I was in the spare. I was exactly in this perfect spot yeah, a year ago um anyway i was at the porch or the uh the uh port at long beach and we were pulling out i was on like a, a a short ferry that was going to catalina island and as we were pulling out i'd never been to the long beach port before um all of a sudden over to the starboard side was this ship and it was just the same era as the titanic no kidding what and I was so shocked because I did not know that it's permanently docked there. Um, and it, it, so, I, and we went right past it. I what mean, is the right ship? past it. Uh, sorry, you don't know. That's okay. I'm sorry. I don't know. But I, it was I knew a at massive the time ocean going vessel. Yeah. It's exactly the Titanic era. It's the same. It's the same ship designer. It's everything just like the Titanic. Right. Really? And seeing it, it was breathtaking. And here's why it was breathtaking. You know how you're used to like the Carnival Cruise Line ships now? Yes. Those ships, the Titanic era ships, there's nothing that could surpass the beauty of those ships. The design of them, the scale is so perfect. Yeah. The color of them, like the rich navy of it and right. the white and the black tops of the smokestacks. I mean, it's just perfect. And the mm. beauty of it is just stag. I mean, it is fabulous. Now, as I remember in looking it up after I was, you know, kind of came back from that trip, I believe that they're using that as a hotel. Oh, that makes sense. Or they yeah. were doing it pre COVID, but it wasn't, it I'm sorry, fabulous. in that same dock, isn't there, or wasn't there once Howard Hughes spruce goose? Oh, really? It was at that port. I believe so. Now, well, again, I got to tell you, that's the biggest port I have ever been 
in my, like coming out of it and coming back to it is terrifying really? because you're on a little ferry that probably can, I don't know, maybe a couple hundred people can get on that ferry. It is so tiny compared to the gargantuan nature of the port and the ships. I was shocked by it. That's so cool. Really shocked well, by it. Now, look, I, I really, I have no desire at all to ever be on a cruise, like to get, you know, on no, a me neither. and go to the Bahamas. It's not my thing. However, I would love to be on an ocean liner going from England to the United States to do that. That would be fabulous. I would, I would jump at that opportunity. That's would you? Scary. That's scary. Like the QE2. Yeah, I don't think the QE2 is even in commission anymore, I don't think but so there either. is, you know, there are several ocean liners that still, at least they used to, that still would make those regular tra- travels across. That would be a romantic throwback. I yes. mean, I, in my head, it's romantic. It might not be romantic in actuality. In high style, sitting there, you know, on board with your tuxedo on like your James Bond, that'd be very nice. Hey, we'll take a quick break, come back. Tim and Kathy Keller join us during the 5 o'clock hour. Don't miss it. It's next on The Ride Home. We are everywhere. On your radio at 101.5 WORD-FM. Pittsburgh at wordfm.com, the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and at radio.com. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. In Minneapolis, courtesy of Court TV, we hear Prosecutor Jerry Blackwell and Defense Attorney Eric Nelson tell Judge Peter Cahill they are finished presenting their cases in the murder trial of former officer Derek Chauvin in the death of George Floyd. Your Honor, the state of Minnesota rest. Mr. Nelson, anything further? No, Your Honor. Members of the jury, the evidence is now complete for this case. Uh, Next step for you is to... Listen to closing arguments and then retire for deliberations. That'll occur on Monday. Earlier today, the defense rested its case without putting Chauvin on the stand. In Brooklyn Center, Minnesota, a white former police officer has had her first court appearance in the traffic stop shooting of black motorist Dante Wright. Kim Potter was charged Wednesday with second-degree manslaughter. The Dow had 279 points. The Nasdaq up 165. This is SRN News. Impact Mortgage Corp. DBA Cash Call Mortgage. NMLS ID 128231. Equal housing lender. Not licensed in all states, including New York. Offer based on loans over $200,000. Call 855-657-9910 for licensing terms and restrictions. What's even better than a low, low refi mortgage rate in the twos? How about a no closing cost refi in the twos? That's exactly what you could get when you call Cash Call Mortgage. For a limited time at Cash Call Mortgage, we're waiving all our fees to any borrower who locks in a rate with us. That's right, a true no closing cost mortgage loan. But you need to call now before this offer expires. If you have an interest rate above 2.25%, Cash Call Mortgage could lower your interest rate and save you a lot of cash. What are you waiting for? With super low rates and no closing costs, now's the time to refinance your mortgage. For a free quote to see if you qualify, apply online at cashcallmortgage.com or call us today at 800-931-6651. That's 800-931-6651. 800-931-6651. What can help you take advantage of today's low mortgage rates and save money? Rocket can. You could save hundreds of dollars every month by refinancing with Rocket Mortgage at today's near historic low rates. If your current rate is over 4%, with today's low rates, you could lower your payment by over $150 a month, saving thousands in interest every year. With a cash-out refinance from Rocket Mortgage, you could consolidate and pay off high-interest debt, tackle home improvements that could add value to your home, or even set aside cash for your child's future education. 
We've already helped over 1 million clients just like you reach their home financing goals this year alone. So remember this. What can give you the technology to refinance easily and save money? Rocket can. Call us today at 8338-ROCKET or go to rocketmortgage.com. That's 8338-ROCKET or go to rocketmortgage.com. Savings are based on quick loans, internal data, points and fees may apply. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender, license in all 50 states. Analysts can see your access to order number 330. Your business is ready for a reboot, a recharge. The way our companies operate has changed. The changes haven't been easy, but there's help. The marketing team at Salem Surround gives you the tools needed to stand out and be visible to current and potential customers online right now looking for what you do. We can design a plan that targets potential customers with proven marketing strategies. Learn more at surroundpittsburgh.com. Surroundpittsburgh.com. Connecting you with new customers. It's easy and profitable to be kind to others when you enter the Kindness Challenge. Each day for 30 days, we'll post a new act of kindness you can do for others. On May 3rd, you could win $12,000 towards a new vehicle for you and another $12,000 for a hometown hero. See terms and conditions for complete details. You can make a difference in others' lives when you enter the Kindness Challenge. Share your kindness with others. Enter today at wordfm.com. Tonight we'll see considerable cloudiness with a passing shower. Expect a low tonight of 38. Mostly cloudy skies on tap for tomorrow. Tomorrow's high 51. Mainly cloudy tomorrow night, the low 37. Continued mostly cloudy Saturday. Saturday's high 55. Sunday we'll see times of clouds and sun with a passing shower and a high of 59. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. More than a dozen years ago, Kathy and I came to the air. More than a dozen years ago. We've been doing this for many hundreds and hundreds of shows. And in the early days of the show, for years, we had a producer um, whose name was Mike. And uh, we called him Classic Mike. We called him just Mike then. Well, we called him Classic Mike whenever we got a new producer who we deemed New Mike. And then we couldn't keep things straight because we'd talk about, oh, Mike, what's, what's Mike you talking about? So the old producer, we, we could have called him just the old producer, which really doesn't do him poetic justice. And, and old Mike is not really accurate because he's not old. No, he's not that old. But he no. was the old producer. So we did, for a while, I... And not to be cruel, I was calling him Old Mike. But then you, in. you did step in. Thank you. And you, you gave him a little bit of poetry and you called him Classic Mike, kind of like Classic Coke in a exactly. way. Exactly. Right? That yeah. was my inspiration. Right. So now for the past X number of years, we've had new Mike, but you know, a guy hangs around long enough and he kind of loses the, the new, but he's still Mike at the board right now is new Mike. Now, we are sad to say that as of Monday, new Mike will be gone Mike. And he <laughs> will not Mike. be new Mike anymore unless he's new Mike at his new job, which we are doubly sad to say he is leaving our show to go elsewhere. I am. New Mike into gone Mike from classic Mike 
it gets a little confusing. But Mike, all that to say, sorry to see you go. And uh, it's been quite a time, has it not? It sure has been. It's been uh, uh, five and a half years with you guys. Done life with you. Uh, it's it's bittersweet. And uh, I, I'm going to miss this job like crazy. I'm going to miss you guys like crazy. Uh, um, you know, you guys took a shot at, shot at me and uh, shot for me. And, I, you know, I've, I've never done this gig before. And um, you guys took a chance on me. So thanks Thank you again for the opportunity, and uh, to the listeners, thank you for for listening. And I'm going to miss you guys. And uh, yeah, it's uh, it's been a ride, and um, closing the doors now. Sad to say. Mm-hmm. Okay, now let me say that you know we did give you a chance, and you have surpassed all of our expectations. I can say that. Oh, thank first. you. The second thing I can confidently say is John and I have haunted other people like specters. So there's no reason to think that <laughs> we're not going away. You know, like like we're you're not gonna going leave anywhere, and like yeah. you're gonna I don't know if you really will miss us because right. we he, could like be around uh, in, in creepy ways. Yeah. He won't, he won't ever go, Hey, I wonder what those guys are up to. He's gonna I mean, be like, I thought I said goodbye to them. These guys, they're <laughs> back they on my front here? porch. It's gonna be like the christening or the baptism for his new baby, and we're gonna show up and he's gonna be yeah. like, uh I didn't no invitation. It's like yeah. cousin Eddie showing up, yeah, out of nowhere at yeah. the at the Griswold's house. Right. Oh, here I am, guys. Oh, what are you doing yes, here? Yes. Don't you think we didn't watch that film and like take notes? Well, oh, of no, course, we know. And plus, we know where you live. You tried to move on us, <laughs> but don't you worry. Yeah. I mean, yeah, well, you didn't there. realize when you were going through the moving process that you shouldn't have been quite as specific about where you landed. <laughs> right. It's true. Yes. Well, okay, Mike. I mean. Uh, We'll talk about this a little bit tomorrow as well, but we wanted yeah. to give our audience a, a head lot up. tomorrow. I don't know. I mean, we just want to give our audience a head up to say, if you want to say goodbye to new Mike, now's the time to say goodbye, right? I mean, for crying out loud. If you want to say, what about if you wanted to say hello to new Mike and you kept putting it off? <laughs> right. <laughs> if that was the case. He seems like a good guy. I want to connect with new Mike. You say oh, something to him. It's too late. This this woman, I forget what her name was, and I apologize for that, but she came on our feed yesterday because we, we are broadcast live on Facebook each day so you can watch the show. She came on. She said, I finally listened to you and watched the stream. <laughs> to Love the three you of you. Yeah, the three of you. Love you guys. Yeah. So. Anyway, yeah, we are streaming. And, of course, you want to see us uh, on Facebook, The Ride Home with John and Kathy. That's where we are. You can take one last look That's right. at New Mike to Here see his, his visage. There he is, his live vis- on camera. Visage. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, that might be the first time we've used that word on the ride home. Yeah. I don't know. Visage. Mm-hmm. The imprint of who he is as a man. All right. Uh, we should take a break. We're, we're excited. Uh, because we'll miss coming you, Mike. Up, we will we miss you. We miss you guys. Absolutely. It'll be, it'll, be, it'll be a terrible adjustment, and we'll weep mm-hmm. bitter tears and haunt your future. So, <laughs> Bitter tears and haunting your future. Tim Keller's with us in just a few minutes. His wife, Kathy. They have uh, been uh, regulars of our show here the past couple of years or so. Kathy Keller is a Pittsburgher. She's a Yinzer. It's also her birthday. We'll talk what? about that. And Dark Times. Tim Keller preaching, teaching on Dark Times. That's ahead here in the Rhino. W-O-R-D. If you want to be a serious student of God's Word, there are three essential reference books that you need. Join us this week as we begin a new five-year journey through the Bible, and our teacher, Dr. J. Vernon McGee, tells us about those books and more great study tips as we start his short study called Guidelines for Understanding Scripture. Through the Bible, this evening at 9 p.m. on 101.5 WORD.
Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, and I'm excited to announce my new product, My Slippers. They took me over two years to develop because I didn't want just an ordinary slipper. My Slippers are meant to be worn all day long, no matter what you're doing, whether you're inside or outside. My Slippers come with an exclusive three-tier cushioning system that you won't find in any other slipper. It combines two layers of foam, including my proprietary My Pillow foam and a patented impact gel made from U.S. soybeans. My three-tier cushioning system is going to help relieve pressure points provide that micro support you need for all day comfort and help prevent fatigue. Not only that, my slippers are made with high quality leather and a premium indoor outdoor sole that make them extremely durable. I personally guarantee they're going to be the most comfortable slippers you'll ever own. This is John Hall. Visit MyPillow.com for deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the new MySlippers. Click the radio listener square and enter promo code WORD or call 800-391-0954. Remember to use promo code WORD. Spring is in the air. Spring is everywhere. Hi, it's me, Marcia, from the Spring House. And spring is a great time of year on both our farm and our store. It kicks off with farm tours, and we just love sharing our farm with all those precious young folks. Graduation party season and wedding and shower season start up now, too. So my sister Jill and her catering crew are on the road in our Red Springhouse vans almost every day, delivering homemade country cooking to families all over the Tri-County area. My brother Sam and his farm guys are busy this time of year planting corn and pumpkins and hay, along with getting the cows milked and fed two times a day, too. The Springhouse store crew loves serving all the families that come to visit, to enjoy our homemade lunches and suppers, to take a zing down our our hillside slide and to top off their experience with a springhouse ice cream concoction like a strawberry ice cream shortcake come see us and let us share a little of our farm with you at the springhouse 724-228-3339 or springhousemarket.com at eden christian academy hope is rising hope that is secure in god that builds faith and inspires a love that can't be stopped eden is where parents find hope in a true educational partner where students see faith woven into every subject, and where teachers model the love of Christ to every child from pre-K through 12th grade. Schedule a personal tour at any of their three North Hills campuses and witness the hope, faith, and love that Eden can offer your child at EdenChristianAcademy.org. We've taken a step out of the hole, right? I think a lot of people have hope for what lies ahead here in the next several months. I mean, you think where we were this time last year, holy smokes. I mean, everything was shut down to drive on the highway was to sort of feel like, is this a twilight zone? I mean, there's nobody here. This has been a very dark, weird year, but I I think we're not alone in this. I mean, you know, in the sweep of history, there've been plenty of dark, weird times. Well, Tim and Kathy Keller are with us and, um, They've been our guests here the last couple of years. They know something very well about dark times. In this past year, as the pandemic has come upon all of us, Tim's Redeemer Church and, of course, the city of New York, New York, has really sort of kind of emptied out. And in the midst of the pandemic and the city emptying out, Tim Keller was diagnosed with cancer. So here to talk about how to deal with dark times are Tim and Kathy Keller. Tim and Kathy, welcome back. How are you guys? Hey, thank you for having us. Yeah, always happy to have you both with us. 
Um, all right, Tim, I want to start with you. Uh, I want to start with with the place that um, that is a, near the beginning of your newest book um, called Hope in Times of Fear. Um, you, you taught and as we reflect on Easter and, and, and the idea of hope, you know, I come back to this fact that that we're uh, consistently called to remember and affirm that our faith is based in a in a historical time with real people. Um, suffered under Pontius Pilate is like the the historical you know thing that gives mm-hmm. the anchor to the Apostles' Creed. Um, how, how does that fit into a beginning for how we can talk about hope? Well, I mean, I think it's because the um, we live in history, we're embodied, mm-hmm. and if you are told, well, somehow spring always comes after winter, and uh, the good will eventually reassert itself and things will get better. That's just, that's an abstraction. And uh, you say, that's a nice statement. Uh, But what you have with the resurrection, you're absolutely right uh, in the Apostles' Creed, uh, you know, when it talks about crucified, dead, and buried, you know, or suffered under Pontius Pilate, it's definitely a way for the Apostles' Creed to say, this happened. This is not a fable. This is not a story that's kind of like an allegory that tells us things will get better eventually. This actually happened. And actually, I think about this, that I said, I got cancer, but if the resurrection of Jesus Christ actually happened in history, then everything's going to be all right. Mm-hmm. Everything eventually will be all right in history, even. The, the, even eventually, the world will be put right. So that's the reason why it's just such a, uh, it's such a robust and thick kind of hope as opposed to a thin abstract kind. Okay. But Tim, so there's you and Kath and, you know, not that long ago, you go into a doctor's office, you get a cancer diagnosis, you walk out, you're changed. You're totally different. And I'm sure, you know, that day, that evening, those months forward, uh, the two of you had to shed some tears. And even though you know Christ and you know the end of the story, it still doesn't mean that dread and fear and despair doesn't come over you like a blanket. No, oh, that's no. absolutely hope, true. Yeah, yeah. The hope trumps it. The, the hope triumphs over it, but it doesn't. It doesn't eliminate it. Go ahead, Kat. No, I was just going to say because this is a historical faith, because Jesus was an actual person, a real man, and he interacted with real people. All of his followers are real people too. We have, we have yeah. hopes. We have sorrows. We have um, bad days and good days, and those can all be offered to God as a way of glorifying him. When we have a good day, that's a way of saying, thank you, Jesus. We've, we're happy that everyone's healthy and we can enjoy this day. When we have a bad day and we weep and we wonder what the next scan's going to show, we can offer that to God and say, we're scared, but we want to follow you, whatever your will is. Uh, anything that you are experiencing in real time, in real world, can be offered to God. It's It's not something that's um, you have to maintain, um, you know, keep a happy face on or something like that, or else somehow you're not um, glorifying God. You glorify God by giving him whatever it is that's actually happening to you in real time. So what does that look like, Kath? I mean, to offer to God, uh, what does that mean? I mean, how did you do that? You and Tim together, you offered Tim's cancer diagnosis to God, your despair? Well, I had some practice with it because I had been very sick with Crohn's disease for about a decade, maybe 15 years. And 
my prayer became, I mean, I prayed, please take this away. Please make me get better. You know, all those prayers. And there's nothing wrong with those. But in the end, the only one that gave me any comfort was to say, God, I don't know how this glorifies you. I can't even imagine how this glorifies you. But if somehow it does, if if this glorifies you, then I give it over to you and I accept it. If this is my assignment. Taking this sort of from Johnny Erickson's book, if you remember her second yeah. book, yes. A Step Further, yeah. where she was all alone in the dark and thinking, you know, she was going to indulge in some salacious thoughts and nobody would see her. And she realized that wasn't really the case, that the powers and principalities were all watching her to see whether she was going to obey God or not. And she was actually on the 50-yard line, you know, of the universe with everyone, the angels, the demonic powers, all of them, waiting to see what she would do, whether she would obey God or whether she would say, you know, in the only way I'm capable of, just even mentally, I'm going to reserve a part and do something for myself. And I mean, we, and when you're incapable of anything else, you can't go on a mission trip and you can't go feed the hungry and you can't deal with the homeless. You can still offer to God your incomprehension of what's going on and say, I don't understand this, but if it glorifies you, okay. Okay. Mm. So I've had I some remember. practice doing that before Tim. Yeah. That's good. That's really yeah. good. Yeah, I remember when John and I talked to Johnny, maybe three years, three, maybe even four years ago, it was right after her cancer diagnosis. Right. And I, I, one of the things she said, Kathy, it's just, it stuck with me. I've just never forgotten it. It's such a delightful thing that she does, is that um, she said that she started making appointments with people. And um, her appointments would be like, okay, so when we're in the new heavens and the new earth, will you agree to go downhill skiing with me? <laughs> and people were like, ah, I don't, you know, and she said, no, no, no. Like this, if we believe this is a reality and this is our future, then let's start to think about it. Let's start to make some plans, you know, like let, let's right. do something. And I thought that is where faith becomes something that works in life. Right. And, yeah. and it's not based on some kind of like Pollyanna, like fable, like Disney view of the future. It's based on that historical story that we were talking about. So Tim, take yep. us back to that. You know, how does that right. inform what we go through? No, exactly. That, what she was doing there was she was appropriating the fact that we're talking about a, a material uh, renewed universe in the future. She was just trying to make it uh, not abstract because the Christian hope isn't abstract. See, for her to do that was a way of just sort of forcing you to say, wait a minute, as a Christian, I guess I do believe that, don't I? Because Jesus Christ, in his uh, resurrected body, ate a fish. Remember that in Luke 24? Yeah, sure. He says, a spirit hath not flesh and bones. He says, I am not a ghost. This is not, uh, this is not I'm not an ethereal thing. Uh, give me a fish. And he ate the fish. And that's our future. And see, that's the way, uh, w w what Johnny was trying to say is, I'm actually going to dance. You know, and I'm going to dance my body. So she's forcing you to say, take hold of this hope and, and think about that. So that's what she's doing. Perfect example. 
We're talking to Tim and Kathy Keller. Um, Tim's new book is called Hope in Times of Fear, The Resurrection and the Meaning of Easter. Okay, so um, give us an update on on how things are with you guys. Um, Tim, we talked to you maybe a month ago about your article that came out in The Atlantic on death. Mm -hmm. And it was it's great article has gotten a lot. I don't know how many people have read it, but you have to be really gratified in that. Kath, we've talked to you since. Um, And so how are things? Hmm. We'll know more at the uh, beginning of May how things are, if you mean how Tim's cancer treatment is going. Uh, he's been on yep. a lower dose, less aggressive form of chemotherapy since the end of uh, beginning of February, and his newest scan will be the beginning of May. So we will see where we are at that point. But again, we—I mean, there's something a friend of ours is an oncologist called scanxiety. It's the anxiety <laughs> yeah, you feel yeah, sure. as the next scan comes up. And right. Kate Bowler, who is uh, dealing with stage four so, um, yes, colon sure. cancer, she says you live in three months chunks from right. scan to scan. So um, we're trying not to give in to the dread, to the fear. You know, what will it show? What will it say? We know, will there be continued progress the way we've seen the last scans? And continue with that, Lord, we can glorify you no matter what it says. We don't need to be to fear bad news. Don't fear bad news because either you're not going to get bad news or if you get bad news, it's nothing to fear because the worst thing that, uh, what is it, is it the George Herbert uh, poem, Tim, the worst thing that death can do to you is the best thing death can do to you is send yeah. you to Jesus. So Well, it, uh, George Herbert says uh, death used to be an executioner, but the Gospels made him just a gardener, no. meaning he just plants you so that you become something even better. But, uh, yeah, the answer is that we do live, uh, most cancer uh, patients live almost from uh, in three-month sections. And you know what your life's going to be like for three months, and then every three months it could completely change depending on what the scan shows. And that is, that's, that's a whole new uh, approach, and it does mean you have to put your whole life back on the on the altar, as it were, as Kathy's been saying, every three months, because uh, you say, boy, if things go well, then I can, keep, I can go do this, I can go do that, we can go see my grandchildren, we can do but if, if not, then suddenly all the plans go away. And so every three months you have to essentially put your entire life back on the altar and say, Lord, you know, you know, and, and we trust you. We're talking with Tim Keller, Kathy Keller. Tim Keller's new book is called Hope in Times of Fear, Resurrection, and the Meaning of Easter. Tim, you know, um, uh, Kath and I follow you uh, in social media, whether it's on Facebook or, or Twitter. And to be honest, you know, I love following you on social media because in these really – I'm sure that there have been times, but, you know, the immediacy of the lightning rod weirdness of the times that we live in. And thankfully, you're so accessible. Um, you take a lot of hits, but you do so with great aplomb and oftentimes humor and wonderful insight. C- can you talk about that, how you choose to engage the wider world, believers and non-believers alike, and present the gospel of Christ, and to do so, I believe, in a winsome way? Well, that's, I'm very glad you feel that way, because a, a lot of people do not think that. Uh, and by the way, Kathy and I have to continually debate. Uh, you've got to be very careful about putting too much time into social media. I do think sure. social media can, can just suck you, suck you dry. But what I've decided to do recently is I do think, uh, and we've talked about this a bit uh, here uh, on the program, is that um, there, there is a, um, 
there's there is a danger on the right and the left, and that, I'm not talking politically so much. <clears throat> I'm just saying Christianity, on the one hand, um, does you know does speak against injustice and it does speak against racism. On the other hand, it also says that uh, uh, sex is only between a man and a woman in marriage. Uh, it on the one hand, it uh, it it says things are a matter of faith, but on the other hand, it also says you you can weigh. Um, and come to conclusions about whether Christianity is true or not. And um, by my getting out there, what I do, I have to just let you know, every so often I actually say something somewhat intentionally to get one group to come after me so that I can actually show not only graciousness, but I can actually, uh, I have an opportunity to give more reasons for why Christians believe what they believe. So I am trying to model for people a way of, being willing to be out there and, and to speak in ways that people can understand at the same time, do it kind of graciously. And when I get a rise out of other people, the people don't like what I'm saying. It does show usually that I'm, I'm landing some blows, but I'm doing mm-hmm. it in love. So that's, that's right now. That's my um, philosophy. Well, you know, kudos. I'm just, I'm grateful to hear you. I'm not trying to congratulate you like, you know, good job getting more followers on Twitter. I'm just saying that I, I get so excited and grateful when there are more reasonable people. We need it so who, much. Yeah, who are who are meeting together on social media because you know the the extremes of every conversation are killing us. Um, we talked earlier in the program today about you know John and I have to spend a lot of time on social media, especially on Twitter for you know this job that we have, and we we tend to start thinking that the people on Twitter are like the wider world. And, you know, the percentage right. of people who are on Twitter versus the it's wild tiny, world, tiny. it's very oh, pitiful. It's the other well, way around. Yeah. It, it's very, actually, there have been studies, and they're, the large part of, of humanity are not on Twitter, and the large part of people on Twitter are not humanity, not reasonable, <laughs> not, not reasonable people. They're there yeah. because I mean, there's a, a New Yorker cartoon where one dog is speaking to another thing. On the internet, no one knows you're a dog. Uh, you know, on the internet, no one knows you're living in a basement and you know haven't had a job and um, right, right. haven't shaved in a week. And you you can sound like a, a professor at Harvard, and no one knows that you really um, don't really know what you're talking about. You can sound very erudite. You can create your identity, the identity you wish to present. On the on the social media, and it doesn't have to have anything to do with your real identity. It's like an right. avatar. We, we were also surprised that there were so many epidemiologists in this country. I mean, holy heck, who, who, who knew? knew? <laughs> Could I suggest a book? Could I suggest yeah. your readers a book? It's not a Christian book, but it's a still a good book. It's called. It's new. It's called Breaking the Social Media Prism. P R I S M. The Social Media Prism by Chris Bale. B A I L. He's a Duke University sociologist, and I won't even try to explain what he says, but uh, it, he, it's, it's a new book, and it's, it's actually pretty readable, even though it's an academic book. And it would really help, I think, Christians understand what's going on, on online. I won't go into it now unless you want maybe some future time we can talk more about it. Very good. Oh, Excellent. Terrific. We need to step away for just a few minutes, but we're talking with Tim and Kathy Keller uh, about uh, hope in times of fear. Tim's brand new book, Resurrection and the Meaning of Easter. We're going to stick around more ahead. Casa uh, Pittsburgher, uh, here we are, Velocity Day. A heart attack? He was 47. What about Janice and the kids? Do they have life insurance? No. 
Call Select Quote now and get the insurance your family needs at a price you can afford. In minutes, Select Quote found John, 45, in excellent health, a $500,000 policy for only $29 a month. And his wife, Anne, 43, in excellent health, a $500,000 policy for only $21 a month. At Select Quote, we comparison shop some of the most trusted insurance companies in America to find you the best rate in minutes. And it's free. For your free quote, call 1 800 644 1331. That's 1 800 644 1331. Or go to selectquote.com. That's 1 800 644 1331. Select quote. We shop, you save. Get full details on the example policies at selectquote.com slash commercials. Your premium could vary depending on your health, issuing company, and other factors. Not available in all states. We are limiting the number of people in the office. It's patients and staff members only. At Stock Family Dentistry, exceptional dentistry begins with safety. We look a little different. We have more gear on, hand sanitizing stations throughout the office, frequently disinfecting all common areas. We're even using a UV light. All of these precautions are put into place for our patient's safety and our team member's safety. On Perry Highway in Wexford at StockFamilyDentistry.com. It's long, over a thousand chapters, over 30,000 verses. No wonder so many of us have never read it cover to cover. Want to do it? Want to read the entire Bible? Start today at BibleStudyTools.com. BibleStudyTools.com includes Bible in a Year, an interactive plan for reading, learning, and understanding the Bible. Deepen your faith and impact your walk with God one day at a time. Bible in a Year, just one of the new interactive Bible study tools at BibleStudyTools.com. Just one mission, one call to reach one more heart with the truth of the gospel. For in hope we have been saved, and through hope they can be saved too. Help Cornerstone TV pass on the hope of Jesus and reach one more life during our Bridge of Hope broadcast alongside Keenan Bridges, Mike Smalley, Real Talk Kim, and Michael Brown. Save the date for Bridge of Hope. April 12th through 16th, 8 p.m. on Cornerstone Television Network. You could win $12,000 towards a new vehicle for you and another $12,000 for a hometown hero when you enter the Kindness Challenge. Go to wordfm.com to enter the Kindness Challenge today. That's wordfm.com. 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh. On your smart speaker by saying, play the word, Pittsburgh. And on your phone via the Word FM mobile app. iHeart, tune in, and at radio.com. Tonight we'll see considerable cloudiness with a passing shower. Expect a low tonight of 38. Mostly cloudy skies on tap for tomorrow. Tomorrow's high 51. Mainly cloudy tomorrow night, the low 37. Continued mostly cloudy Saturday. Saturday's high 55. Sunday, we'll see times of clouds and sun with a passing shower and a high of 59. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. to be oh, sharing you funny people 
Kathy that's 50,000 Kel- watts of happy birthday, Kathy. That's right. Kathy Kelly's <laughs> birthday is today. Kathy, I that's want you to know that. Anyone yeah. sung happy birthday to me on the radio, I must well, admit. Well, see, and we want you to that know is. that that was Mike and John and I doing the, those harmonies. Those no, really, very, it wasn't. No. No, <laughs> well, really thank happy you birthday. so very much. Yes, my birthday is on income tax return day, the day the Titanic sunk, the day Lincoln died. <laughs> it's a very memorable day, and you've just so made it much special. more memorable. Very nice. You're the flower amongst the thorns of the day, Kathy. Yes, indeed. <laughs> thank you. All right. So uh, our audience, uh, we've talked about this in the past. You are a Yinzer by birth, a Pittsburgher, uh, gone far afield to the big city. But uh, tell us for a second about uh, growing up uh, here in the city of Pittsburgh. Well, let me give a shout out to my fourth grade teacher, Miss Hussey, Jane Hussey Fralick, who is in her 80s now and living in Monroeville. And still writes to me and keeps up with me. And if you're listening, um, Miss Hussey, hi. Um, Also friends and family still around uh, the Pittsburgh area. But, yeah, I was uh, born at Shadyside Hospital, and I returned there as a 12-year-old to be a candy striper and did my summer candy stripe volunteering there through high school, through college, really. By then, I had sort of... (laughs) This will make people who have insurance uh, issues uh, turn pale. I was um, in the OR as a in the recovery room, and I had to wear scrubs, so they couldn't tell me from the adult nurses. And doctors would say, "Nurse, come over here," and I'd walk into where they were doing heart surgery or whatever. Oh my God. But um, I had planned to be a doctor and go to University of Pittsburgh Med School, and then. God diverted me to seminary. Otherwise, um, I'd be a graduate of UP Med School. So, oh, that's mm. fabulous! What a great story. Okay, so I'm sure in those candy striper days, uh, slash nurse, you had to see some bizarre things. You had to walk out of there at the end of your shift and go, "What was that all about?" Oh yeah, I mean, um, they've. I've been there for so long. I mean, starting at 12 and going through 18 every summer for six years or more. They just moved me around to different departments, and um, yeah, there I can tell stories, and I can also make a bed with hospital corners with the best of them, so a quarter bounces on it. Let me tell Not you, as well as me. <laughs> oh, now we're now Tim's you're, you're good. You're good. Mm-hmm. You were a Boy Scout, so I have to give you kudos. Yes, <laughs> it's hard when the Boy Scout and the candy striper start to compete, yeah, isn't that's, it? That's that's one tidy <laughs> fold, is it not? <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. Kath, talk to us about some of your memorable birthdays, uh, either when you were growing up or after you met Tim and moved to the big city. Well, birthdays are hard to be memorable when you're a pastor's wife because especially mine often fell on Holy Week or Easter itself, and um, it really had to sort of give way to the schedule. So the memorable parts of um, my birthdays, I think, go back to my childhood where I shared a birthday with my sister Sue, um, she was on April 9th, I was April 15th, so we always shared the birthday. My mom would make, and i give you all this recipe, she would give, uh, make a double layer cake and put little candy canes on the side, stick them right into the icing, and with a little dab of icing, put the animal crackers so that it looked like a carousel with a little construction well, paper sweet. roof. I know, wasn't that? She I really took that. time, and I, we were, Sue and I were the two oldest out of five, so, um. You know, it was my mom, you know, really did what she could with um, limited resources, but uh, it was 
so yeah, it was. And you know, she she uh, well, I can tell this story too because everybody in our family knows it, so it's not going to shake anybody up. She um, after the first three of us were born, she found herself unexpectedly pregnant with the fourth, and then again the fifth, and she got the number of somebody who would do abortions illegally. Mm-hmm. And got as far as lifting the phone off the hook and then put it back down again and said, no, I can't do it. And she wasn't even a Christian and knew that that was wrong, that it was it was wrong to do, that no matter how it was going to be a disruption to her life, no matter. I mean, I used to say if I got pregnant in my 40s or my 50s, I was going to have someone do a poster and I'd say, I'm the poster child here. If I can do this, you can do this. <laughs> You know, this is tough. Yeah. I know it's tough. It's tough to have the three that I already have. But if you uh-huh. have, yeah. if you have unexpected pregnancies, there's people who are willing to help. I, I have a dear friend whose daughter is trying to adopt, and she stands outside an abortion clinic with a sign saying, "Willing to adopt," just hoping that somebody on their way uh-huh. in will stop and talk to her, and they can work something out. Well, that's fabulous, and, and for your mom too. For her to have the transparency and the courage to share that with the family. Yeah, she did. She did when we were getting older and, you know, uh, abortions weren't illegal anymore. She still told us that story. And I think her, her, her instinct was to say just because it's easier now doesn't make it right. Right. Yeah. Okay, so, Tim, uh, Kathy's birthday is today. Of course, you've shared uh, many birthdays with each other over your married life. Uh, Manhattan, what's the state of Manhattan? And, of course, uh, post-COVID, you've had shots. Uh, do you have any feeling about the freedom to go out and maybe share a dinner on a sidewalk cafe somewhere? No, we don't. We don't have any freedom yet. I, it, I, it's, it's double, see, because it's also true that um, – uh, chemotherapy, my chemotherapy is every two months, every two weeks. Uh, it's not just COVID. I mean, frankly, I shouldn't be getting anything. In other words, if I catch a cold, if I catch a, you know, get a virus of some other kind or something like that, then it, it interrupts the, the chemo, which is not good at all. And of course my lymphocytes and all that stuff is low because of the, um, I have to, I have to get white blood cell booster shots and all that sort of thing. So we've actually, we, we have with the vaccinations, we have stopped, not seeing our grandchildren. So we are seeing our grandchildren regularly. We're having one of our grandchildren, one of our grandsons coming over in a couple of nights. He's going to stay overnight. But for almost everybody else, we've decided ah, we're going to give it a, some longer time. Right. Um, right. And so that, it just seems like that's the best way to be a steward of our situation. Yeah, um, that's all. all right. This might be a more important question for you, Tim, and certainly more pressing. Will you be making a carousel cake for Kath? <laughs> It is very yeah, we're pressing. gonna put a candle in a piece of gingerbread that a friend sent us from England. So uh, oh, that's, that's an the, international uh, dessert. Very nice. It is, right. yeah. And I, can I go back to something you said right at the beginning about New York City emptying out? Because there was yeah. an article yeah. uh, in my newsfeed that I sent to our son, who's an urban planner and knows the actual statistics about thirty thousand people leaving Astoria, which is the neighborhood he lives in during the COVID pandemic. And he there. sent back he sent back a text saying, Oh, that's ridiculous, eight thousand people left and he has, you know, the most accurate statistics, but there's been a real sort of negative inflation of emptying New York emptying no out. I'm looking at a traffic jam right this minute out my window okay. on the FDR. Um but the people Great. who have have left have not been anywhere near as numerous and Life is really, you know, pretty much returning oh. to normal. 
So. That's great to hear. Good. Because, I mean, I, you know, I'm envisioning, you know, looking at uh, the morning TV shows, you know, the morning news shows, like Times Square is empty and no one's wandering around. The theaters are dark and people mm-hmm. are in despair. And, you know, there's Will Smith and Tumbleweeds, you know, blowing down Broadway. <laughs> Oh, and that's, that's not a good show. To, so. That's not a good show to have on TV right this minute. The I Am Legend with uh, New York yeah. MC and the tumbleweeds flying down I, the street. There not will be happening. changes, and it'll be changes. But it's in in some ways, you know, um, what I like is uh, I do like smaller cities. Even though I live in New York, this is my calling. Um, the fact is that a lot of people who are who are leaving, say L.A. San Francisco, New York, the biggest cities, most expensive. They're going to a place like Nashville or Austin or Atlanta or other places. Sure. Um, so, I, and that's actually all right. There's no reason why we we can't share, share the wealth, the human wealth, as it were, with others. So it's really not a. Uh, it may not be. It, and also, it's God's way of moving people where He wants them. Um, so, and by the way, I have to say, there's a lot of great churches in places like Nashville and Atlanta. Uh, so I, I don't. We hate to see, especially Christians, leave and go other places because they feel, for various reasons, they can't stay here any longer. But uh, uh, Kathy's right in saying it's it's a little exaggerated to say it's it's not a huge exodus, but it's there, and I just see God at work in it right now. So actually taking the pressure off the housing crisis because um, yeah. New York has been facing that for a long time. Is the uh, Housing crisis has been really severe. There have been, well, my, our son could quote you the statistics. So many jobs added and like half the number of housing units as people. So it's yeah. it's been a difficult situation. And maybe this is taking some of that pressure off. I hope Pittsburgh will pick up people from the bigger yeah. cities because Pittsburgh is a more livable city. Yeah, it's Pittsburgh like Nashville. Great it's a great city. Yeah. It's a great sure it is. City. Oh, yeah. We recommend it to anybody. <laughs> yeah, Pittsburgh's changed. I mean, the market, the housing market here used to be cheap for many, many years, and all of a sudden, you know, you're going to spend some some money here for a house. And yeah, and I saw it. Be, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, it, it's part of the change. I mean, I saw an article in, in today's Times about you know the housing situation in in Manhattan, where a, a young woman was saying, I'm, "I've been living in a 750 square foot studio, and I'm ready to step up." And you think, "God bless you, her. 750 yep. square feet. That's a tiny little imprint." <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, Pittsburgh. Here's the thing, though. I do think Pittsburgh, places like Pittsburgh and Nashville, become more expensive, and yet you're still it's still a good deal because of the kind of uh, of all that you can get in a city. So, um, and ultimately, it'll help the economy. I mean, you don't want it to go too high the, the housing, but it ultimately it'll help the economy too. So, uh, I think that the future is bright for um, all the cities of the of the country. It's not it's not curtains for anybody. Let's go put our foot on the gas and get out there. Exactly. Well, Jeff, it's really always a great pleasure. Thanks so much for you know sharing your life with us, for being so transparent about it. And happy birthday, Kath. Yeah. Thank you, you. Thank you so much. It's really good. So listen, we're praying for you, and uh, hope the uh, good news is coming down here in, in May, and uh, you move mm-hmm. forward for the next three-month chunk. Yes, thank you. That's going to be you. wonderful. Our pleasure. Mm-hmm. Tim and Kathy Keller. Tim Keller's brand new book is called Hope in Times of Fear, Resurrection and the Meaning of Easter. We'll take a break. Step away. we got more ahead. Stick around, won't you please? It's the ride home. Pittsburgh Christian Talk on the 1.5 Word FM. WORD FM. 101.5 WORD. 
next time on PowerPoint with Jack Cram. God superintends, sovereignly directs our lives in ways that we cannot know or see at the time. And the whole point that I'm driving at us today is that the will of God finds us if we are willing to surrender to the Lord. Tune in next time for PowerPoint with Jack Graham. PowerPoint, tonight at 9.30 on 101.5 WORD. This is an important notice to all U.S. taxpayers. The IRS is giving away billions of dollars in tax savings through a federal program called the Fresh Start Initiative to aid delinquent taxpayers. This initiative was established for anyone facing financial hardship and unable to pay their back taxes. Qualifying and enrolling in this program will stop all collections, settle your delinquent tax problem, and even reduce what you owe by thousands of dollars. Call the hotline at People's Tax Relief to see if you qualify and get this free information by dialing 800-285-0395. If you have unfiled tax returns or cannot afford to pay your personal or business back taxes, you can now get the help you need. One simple phone call can resolve your tax problem and save you thousands of dollars. To see if you qualify and to get this important free information, call 800-285-0395. Are you a registered nurse looking to grow your career with a Bachelor of Science of Nursing? With our 100% online RN to BSN program tailored for the working professional, Waynesburg University has a program to fit your needs and your schedule. Classes rotate every eight weeks, and our affordable RN to BSN program is just $400 per credit. Registered nurses can complete their BSN in 12 to 16 months. To learn more, visit waynesburg.edu. Applications are still being accepted. Year after year, it's the same routine. Drop off the taxes, pick up the taxes, leave a check. Maybe it's time to work with a business CPA who is less transactional and more relational. For Mike Radich and the team at MGR CPA and Consultants, it's about more than crunching the numbers. It's about getting the advice you need for complex tax issues and business solutions. It's just a better return. MGR CPA and Consultants. Honesty, integrity, always at MGRCPA.com. It's easy and profitable to be kind to others when you enter the Kindness Challenge. Each day for 30 days, we'll post a new act of kindness you can do for others. On May 3rd, you could win $12,000 towards a new vehicle for you and another $12,000 for a hometown hero. See terms and conditions for complete details. You can make a difference in others' lives when you enter the Kindness Challenge. Share your kindness with others. Enter today at wordfm.com. What makes sense? PNC Park at 25% capacity. No, it makes no sense. What's the deal? I mean, you turn on the pirate game and there's like nobody there. And I don't, don't get, you know, you opened up a can of worms here. So Sorry. people are sitting in the stands. They're, you know, rows and rows away from each other. Everyone's wearing a mask. I mean, you're outside. You're outside in a gigantic ballpark. I mean, what's the, I think the place holds what? 16,000. What's it hold? 16? No, 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 more than that, 30. No, I think it's even more than that. What? It holds thousands and th- tens of thousands of people. So it doesn't make any sense. And I mean, what? so well, you can go out to a restaurant right now. 
38,000. Okay. So you can go to a restaurant right now and the governor's going, okay, well, you can do 75% capacity. Well, the, come on. And how can we do 25% capacity at this gigantic outdoor facility? Open it, open it up. Would you please just, let's go. Let's get back in there. Does not make sense. Are you going? When they open up, how soon are you going to go? Right away. Yeah. I wish I knew somebody with tickets because I'd love to go to see a game. I really would. Although... Although it's been so cold, you think, okay, I, mean, I want to go to a park game, but I think I can wait for some little warm weather to come our way. I just want the weather we had sense. last week, and then I'd be happy to go. That'd be fine. Yeah, okay. So uh, PNC Park at, what, 25% capacity makes no sense whatsoever. All right. Um, I'm standing on my front porch this morning and looking out. One of my neighbors walking down the street, walking his great dame. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. That's the dog awesome. weighs, I'm sure, somewhere in the vicinity of 175 pounds. <gasps> it is a gigantic dog. Now, Mike, classic Mike, has a Great Dane as well. A no, great he's Dane St. Bern- he has a St. Bernard. Oh, St. Bernard. Okay. But he's got a great... I mean, this is a gigantic dog. The guy's barely controlling this animal. And it's a friendly animal. But a massive dog like that, does that make sense for you? It doesn't make sense for me. Well, here's the thing. I think it's fabulous because I'm never going to have a dog. So I think yeah. it makes perfect sense for that person who's walking it because then I get to go up and talk to the dog. But for me, having it? Are you kidding me? Oh, my gosh. I mean, feeding the animal, picking up the poo, all that. That's just like an industrial environment you've got to be engaged in. I mean, I love dogs. And God bless people who want those great things. I would think that you would need to have a, an estate. Right? You can't. I mean, I couldn't have a Great Dane in this house. They no. they like keep bumping into the walls and the door frames. Anyway, somewhere in between a Chihuahua and a Great Dane, there is wisdom to having a dog, but not the Great Dane. At least, it doesn't make any sense to me. That's all I'm saying. And open up PNC Park because that makes sense as well. Please. What can help you take advantage of today's low mortgage rates and save money? Rocket can. You could save hundreds of dollars every month by refinancing with Rocket Mortgage at today's near-historic low rates. If your current rate is over 4%, with today's low rates, you could lower your payment by over $150 a month, saving thousands in interest every year. With a cash-out refinance from Rocket Mortgage, you could consolidate and pay off high-interest debt, tackle home improvements that could add value to your home, or even set aside cash for your child's future education. We've already helped over 1 million clients just like you reach their home financing goals this year alone. So remember this, what can give you the technology to refinance easily and save money? Rocket can. Call us today at 8338-ROCKET or go to rocketmortgage.com. That's 8338-ROCKET or go to rocketmortgage.com. It's finally time to replace that old leaky roof. Or how about some new siding? You can count on Windows or Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company. With over 50 years' experience in the home remodeling industry, Windows or Us offers repair and replacement for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, windows, entry doors, even decks. A leaky roof left unfixed can lead to mold and mildew. Maybe you've lost siding during the recent windstorms. Don't put those repairs off. Windows or Us offers 12 months, no interest financing, and no processing fee through Dollar Bank. Want new factory direct replacement windows for your home or office? Choose from 100% vinyl, commercial aluminum, wood, and composite. And how would you like to never clean your gutters again? For a limited time, get a free gutter filter with the purchase of complete siding and roof replacement offer valid through June 
June 30th, all with 12 months, no interest, no processing fee, and backed by the best warranty in the industry. Schedule your free estimate and inspection today at windowsruspittsburgh.com. That is windowsruspittsburgh.com. Just one mission, one call to reach one more heart with the truth of the gospel. For in hope, we have been saved, and through hope, they can be saved too. Help Cornerstone TV pass on the hope of Jesus and reach one more life during our Bridge of Hope broadcast. Alongside Keenan Bridges, Mike Smalley, Real Talk Kim, and Michael Brown. Save the date for Bridge of Hope, April 12th through 16th, 8 p.m. on Cornerstone Television Network. Welcome back to Customize and Save with Liberty Mutual Insurance Company, the game show where you only pay for what you need. And we're out of time. Only pay for what you need at LibertyMutual.com. Liberty, 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 Liberty. You could win $12,000 towards a new vehicle for you and another $12,000 for a hometown hero when you enter the Kindness Challenge. Go to WordFM.com to enter the Kindness Challenge today. That's WordFM.com. as we open back up again. So when you book a trip, do you start by shopping for a cheap, convenient flight, maybe reserving a favorite hotel? Well, according to the Wall Street Journal, the new priority for 2021 as you travel is to get the rental car first. What? The sudden surge in post The rental car is the thing I do last. Not anymore because everything has changed. The sudden surge in post-vaccination travel with a relative shortage of rental cars. Rental car companies, I did not know this, rental car companies sold a huge chunk of their fleets, hundreds of thousands of vehicles to survive the pandemic. They sold them to used car dealers. Now they can't get cars under their lots fast enough to meet the new demands, especially with car factories stalled by semiconductor shortages. So travelers report sky-high prices and sold-out dates, even in non-beach destinations like Kansas City, Houston, and Memphis. Can you believe that? No. At the beginning of the pandemic, Hertz, Avis Enterprise sold enough of their fleets to create a shortage. And so now that demand has picked up, summer travel season is going to be clogged. Here's what they're saying. Also, as we move forward... They used to be fairly cheap to rent a car, right? I mean, they're saying in this uh, yeah, article yeah. that I'm reading, you know, you could rent a car for what you're renting a tuxedo for. Yeah, no 40 more. bucks a day. No more. Apparently, that's all changed as well. You're going to start to pay a lot higher prices for your rental cars. Well, that's see, that, I don't why'd you tell me that because uh, that just, just makes me sad. Just to give you a heads up in case you were thinking about traveling. Oh, Isn't it one my. of the joys of your life to, to rent a car? Yes. Yeah. Listen, I, I love car rental. Me too. Yeah. The last time we rented a car, we drove to South Dakota and we rented yeah. the biggest, we rented um, something called the Armada. Yeah. Nissan. Oh my gosh. This thing is gigantic. Like the yeah. name Armada. And we were leaving South Dakota. Um, there was, we were delayed because there was some snow, but we were leaving. We we're on a highway. All of a sudden we hit a stretch of black ice and the car, the Armada literally picked up and was flying side to side down the highway. And I was struggling to keep this thing going. My wife yells out, keep it up. You're doing great. <laughs> and I'm thinking I'm going to die. But my wife is being a cheerleader in this rental car. We, we survived. The thing didn't wreck. But then after I told that story to somebody, they were like, 
good thing that you didn't wreck that Armada because the car you're driving, the insurance may not necessarily have covered the price of that Armada. Oh, I didn't think so. I had not thought of that because I always buy the insurance because this probably will not surprise you, John, but I'm going to be honest about who I am. Um, I remember buying or renting a car um, and backing into a post in a parking garage in Southern California. You, you did that. Yeah, Yeah. I did. I also, I I also, um, Gary, tell me how much time we have left on the clock here. Okay, great. Let me just tell you that the first time I went out to rent a car on my own, mm. I was probably 30 years old. Yeah. And I went to Southern California. It was a solo trip. And I, w- I was going out there for a business thing. And I got there and I got up to the Hertz counter and I handed them my driver's license. And they said, well, this is expired. And I said, oh, oh. I didn't realize that. Well, you know, I'll get it fixed when I get back. And they said, well, you can't rent a car with, with an, an expired. expired driver's license. And I said, what? I mean, I was going to be there for seven days. Anyway, so I was so completely upset that the person said, okay, I have a friend. So I met a guy named Ahmed behind an Exxon uh, fueling station, and I paid him $200 in cash. And for, <laughs> for car? Yes, I did. God bless Ahmed. It's not recommended, people, but yeah. was it an when, you have to know, when you have to know Ahmed, you're glad you know him. <laughs> Hey, thanks for being with us. The podcast is up and running after we leave the show. WordFM.com on Facebook, The Ride Home with John and Kathy. Have yourself a great night. See you tomorrow. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group.